Well, today I want to continue our current series called Toolbox for Life. In this series, we're talking with you about some tools that you need to put into your toolbox for living, your toolbox for life. Because in life, as you know, we come up against some challenges, some tough things, where you need some specific tools to deal with those things. You need some right tools in your box if you're going to succeed in life. So far, we said that you need to get into your toolbox the tool of ignoring naysayers. Because <laughs> in this life, you're always going to have some negative people come into your life. Some people are going to say, no, you're not equipped to do that. Don't do that. It won't work. And you need to pull out that tool of ignoring naysayers. When God is asking you to do something, don't listen to the naysayers. Listen to God. Amen? And follow what God is leading you to do. So far, then, we've also said that you need to get into your toolbox, the tool of using your shape. And that means that when you're tempted to just live your life to bless just you, you resist that temptation and you use the shape that God gave you to serve Him and to serve others. That means you use your S, your spiritual gifts, your H, your heart, your passion. It means you use not only your heart and your passion, but your abilities, your personality, and the experience that you've gained in life to, to better serve Him and others. Well, today I want to talk with you about another tool. The tool of knowing what matters most. What matters most. Because if you know what matters most in life, that tool is going to keep you focused. It's going to keep you focused on the most important things. And in this life, staying focused is tough. Because you're going to be asked to commit to a ton of things in life that probably aren't worth doing. You're going to be asked to commit to a ton of things in life that probably are not worth focusing on. Just not. But if you're not focused on what really matters most, you're going to end up going through your life giving a first-class commitment to second-class causes. You're going to spend your whole life doing a lot of stuff that just doesn't make a difference in anybody's life. And Paul talks about that and he says this. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but everything is not beneficial. So listen close as we begin. Take a look at this on the screen. Knowing what matters most, so you can focus on what really matters most, is one of the tools you need if you want to succeed. So today I want to ask you three questions to help you clarify what really does matter most. First question is this. Write this down. Who's going to be your boss? Key question in life. Who's going to be your boss? Who's going to be your ultimate authority? Who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to follow? Whose rules are you going to obey? Write this down. Is it going to be yourself? Who's going to be your boss? Is it going to be yourself? I mean, the question is, if you are your own boss, if you are your own ultimate authority, if there is no one bigger than you who is leading you, how's that working out for you? <laughs> how's that really working out? Are all your dreams coming true because you're depending 
on the unlimited power of you? (laughs) Are all your plans coming true because you're depending on the perfect wisdom of you? Are all the doors once closed to you now opening for you? Because you're now depending on your learned skills of you? The Bible says this, the human mind is the most deceitful of all things. It is incurable. No one can understand how deceitful it really is. Now the word deceitful simply means to mislead in the wrong direction. Does your human mind ever do that? (laughs) Amen. It does. our, Our human mind is always leading us in the wrong direction. And so your mind will often mislead you and head you into a wrong place. So if you are the boss of your life, you are, from time to time, going to mislead yourself. If you are the boss of your life, you're going to lead yourself in some wrong direction. So listen close. You need an authority. You need a boss who knows more than you. A boss who sees more than you. A boss who has more power and more wisdom than you. Amen? The Bible says this. There is a way that seems right to humans. But in the end, it leads to death. And that's why you need a boss beyond yourself. We we think, oh, this is the right way to go. This is the right thing to do. But our mind can mislead us. And so we need a boss beyond ourselves. That's why the Bible says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then look at this. And lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own human understanding. And, And we get together all the time. We reason together and we hash things out. But if the Lord's not involved in that, if you're not seeking the wisdom of the Lord, your human mind is going to lead you in the wrong direction. So who is going to be your ultimate authority? Is it going to be yourself? Or write this down. Or is it going to be your world? Is the world going to be your authority? You know, I grew up watching a TV show, and this this kind of lets you know how old I am. I grew up watching a TV show called Father Knows Best. Anybody? Okay, okay, awesome. Father knows best. And sometimes we look at our world and what our world is saying to us and what our world is doing, and we say, world knows best. And we end up following our world's values and directions. We end up obeying our world's wisdom, like it was our boss, like it was our authority, like Father knows best, Mother Earth knows best, Father World knows best. Whatever you say, Father World, it must be right, it must be true, you'll lead me in the right direction. But look what the Bible says. The Bible says, don't love what the world offers and values. Those who love the world don't have the Father's love in them. For what the world values, physical gratification, greed, and prideful, self-centered lifestyles, does not come from God our Father. So if you look to the world as your boss as your ultimate authority to guide your life and to lead you in the right direction, it will always tell you to focus your life on three things. And it will always tell you that these three things are the things that matter most in your life. First of all, first thing the world will tell you is this. It tells you to just look good. Amen? The world tells you, just look good. Whatever you look like, just look good. Our world values appearance. 
And so the world says what matters most is just looking good. And every year, billions of dollars are spent to develop and market and sell beauty aids and for specific surgeries and specific clothes. And yet, did you ever notice our world never says, yay, yay, you finally arrived and earned your wrinkles. Our world doesn't say that, does it? No, that how to get rid of the wrinkles, you know? Because the world says you got to look good. Like those people on the cover of People magazine. You got to look good like the prom queen or the rose parade queen. You got to look good like American Ninja Warrior or Pastor Larry. <laughs> not. But the Bible says the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Our world tells you, just look good. Second thing it says, it says, just feel good. Our world tells us to feel good. What matters most is just feeling good. Our world values physical pleasure. And I don't think I have to convince you that the pursuit of sexual pleasure dominates our society. Sexually arousing images are used to sell everything from spark plugs <laughs> to Carl's Jr.'s hamburgers. You've seen it. Like this hamburger is going to be the experience you'll never forget. <laughs> It'll make you feel so good. Our world values physical pleasure. No matter what it is, if it feels good, just do it. And that is what you should focus your life on, just feeling good. Because you feeling good is what matters most. That's what our world tells us. Look good, feel good. But the Bible says this, the pleasures of sin only last for a short time. Third thing the world tells us. It tells you to just have the goods. Our world says what matters most is looking good, feeling good, and then having the goods. Having the stuff of life. Having what money can buy. And then our world says, show it off. If you got the goods, show off the stuff you have. So our world values car shows, clothes shows, home shows, jewelry shows, boat shows, <laughs> art shows. And it's not wrong to look at stuff. It's not wrong to appreciate stuff. What is wrong is to let what the world values and says matter most and therefore be the boss of your life. What is wrong is to let money, sex, and power be the boss of your life. What is wrong is to let possessions and passions and positions be the boss of your life. What is wrong is to let salary, sex, and status be the boss of your life. The Bible says real life is not measured by how much we own or how many of the goods we have. So who is going to be your ultimate authority? Yourself? Your world? Or write this down. Or is it going to be your God? Jesus Christ. Is your boss going to be somebody bigger than you? Is your boss going to be somebody better than your world? It should be. 
Because the Bible says this, the world and its desires, look at this, will pass away, but those who do the will of God will live forever. Jesus said it like this, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So here's the deal. Want to live forever in heaven after you die? Want to be free from the penalty owed for sin forever? Then let God be your boss. Amen? Let him be not only your savior, let him be your Lord, your ultimate authority. Folks, what really matters most in your life is who's going to be your boss. The second thing that matters is this. What's going to last? What's going to last? So if the scripture tells us that this world and its desires are going to pass away, you then need to really focus your life on something that's going to last, not pass away. If it's going to all pass away, you need to invest your time and your gifts and energy in something that's going to really last. If looking good, feeling good, and having the goods is going away, you really do need to focus your life on what's going to last. But our culture has brought into our lives short-term thinking. Our culture has taught us that all that matters is here and now. Looking good now, feeling good now, having the goods now is all that matters. Tomorrow doesn't matter. Next year doesn't matter. The next decade doesn't matter. In fact, eternity and heaven and eternal life doesn't matter. All that matters, the world says, is today. And that means we are focusing our whole lives on the things that will not last. But Paul the Apostle and the earlier followers of Jesus had a whole different focus. Take a look at what Paul says. We focus our attention not on what we can see around us, but on what we cannot see with our eyes. For everything that we can see is temporary and will only last a short time. But what is unseen is eternal and will last forever. So here's the question. Will you start focusing less on what is short-term and instead start focusing more on the things that are long-term? Things that are going to last. Well, you say, well, what, what lasts, Larry? Well, the Word of God will last. And so will you focus more on knowing and following the Word of God? The truths of God that He says will set you free from anything you're dealing with. Amen? What will last? Well, not only the Word of God, but people will last. They're either going to last in heaven or the Scripture we know tells us, or hell. Souls are going to live forever. Our bodies die, but our spirit lives on forever in one of two places. So will you focus more on helping people inherit heaven as their eternal home? Will you focus more on helping your children inherit heaven as their eternal home? Will you focus more on helping maybe your, your parents that don't yet know God inherit heaven as their home? Will you focus more on helping your neighbors that live right next to you and know you've got some kind of faith? Will you help them inherit heaven as their home? Those things last, the Word of God and people. And so will you focus on things that last? 
What really matters most in life is who's going to be your boss and what's going to last. And the third thing is this that matters most is what's going to keep you on the right road. What is it that's going to keep you on the right road? Here's a big question. From this point on in your life, are you going to take the easy road or the hard road? Are you going to take the easy road or the very best road? Which road are you going to take? Are you going to take the road and stay on the road that leads to life eternal? The Bible says this. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter eternity through that gate. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. So here's another question from this point on. Are you willing to say no to the crowd that's taking the easy road? Who's saying, come on, follow me. Are you willing to say no because you know their road is a dead end? And instead, are you willing to say yes to the few people that are taking the best road, the narrow road? Are you willing to say yes because you know that their road, the road that they're walking in a close relationship with Jesus Christ is going to lead them to life? So listen really close. You've got to figure this one out. Your destiny, my destiny depends on it. Will you choose what's easy or will you choose what's best? Will you choose what's easy or will you choose what's best? One more time. Will you choose what's easy or will you choose what's best? So what will keep you on the best road? What will keep you on the right road? Here's three things to help you. Write this down. First of all, choose what's best for your eyes. Now, we're we're talking about getting on the narrow road, not the broad road. We're talking about going through the small gate. Choose what's best for your eyes. So here's the question. Are you filling your mind through your eye gate with what's easy or with what's best? Studies show that by the age of 65, the average person has watched nine and a half years of TV. Isn't that unbelievable? Nine and a half years by age 65. There's a documentary called Supersize Me. Go to McDonald's, right? Supersize Me. And in this documentary, it was talking about the life of a healthy man who decided to eat for 30 days, morning, noon, and night, Nothing but McDonald's menu. And so he did that. Morning, noon, and night for 30 days. At the end of 30 days, he was sick and overweight and had serious health issues. And he did that because he was trying to prove that while fast food is easy, there are some serious repercussions to living only on fast food. Folks, if you're struggling in your relationship with Christ, maybe it's because you're filling your mind through your eye gate with junk food, with what's easy to see on TV, what's easy to to, to see on the internet, instead of the best food, the Word of God. Amen? The Word of God, the things of God. 
God tells us, fix your mind on things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Pure, noble, true. David prayed this, Lord, turn my eyes away from worthless things. So what will keep you on the best road and the right road? Well, it starts by choosing what's best for your eyes. Amen? Second thing that will help you is this. Choose who's best for your character. Who's best for your character development? Are your friends helping you build a Christ-like character? Or are they, are they always pulling you into things that make you less like Jesus Christ? Maybe some of the people you grew up with. And they still want you to come and do the things that they still do, but you don't feel like you should do anymore. Things that are against the word of God. The Bible says this, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. To build a Christ-like character, you may need to change some of your friends. But I don't want you to take me wrong here. You do need to influence your friends to follow Christ with you. But you can't spend most of your time running with people who don't care about Jesus Christ. You can't hang out with just them and only them every moment that you have a free moment. One pastor said it this way, you can't soar with eagles if you spend most of your time running with turkeys. <laughs> and that means you can't soar in your relationship with Jesus Christ if you spend most of your time running with people who don't care to even know him. That's why at this church we talk so much about being in a small group. You need to run with people that are running towards Jesus. You need to have relationship with people that are running toward Jesus. Your kids need to run with people who are running toward Jesus. And that's why we have small groups for every single age group, Sundays and Wednesdays, to help you develop a Christ-like character. And if you're not in one of those small groups, get in a group, make some friends who will help you build a Christ-like culture, a character. So what will keep you on the best road? What will keep you on the right road? Choose what's best for your eyes. Choose who's best for your character. And third, write this down. Then choose what's best for your possessions. Are you spending most of your money on you and the things that won't last? Or are you being generous toward things that will last? Are you being generous toward ministry efforts? They give people opportunities to hear about Jesus. They give people opportunities to receive Him into their lives as Savior and Lord. The Bible says this, Don't store up treasures here on earth where they can erode away or may be stolen. Store them in heaven where they will never lose their value. Folks, at this church, our mission is to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. And one of the ways that we do that is to focus on planting new churches. And why do we do that? Here's a very simple reason. When I'm dead and gone, when you're dead and gone, those churches that we plant are still going on. Amen? And they're still telling people about Jesus and His love and His grace and His forgiveness. They're still inviting people to come and be a part of the family of God. And so 
if we keep making more and better disciples in lots and lots of ways, but also through planting churches, when we're dead and gone, there's going to be churches all over the place that are still proclaiming Christ. What a legacy we can leave if we are generous toward ministry efforts. You see, we can't store up our stuff in heaven, but we can store up more people in heaven. Amen? <laughs> we can't put our stuff in our casket and take it with us, but we can take people along with us. The Bible says this, What profit is there if you gain the whole world and lose eternal life? What can be compared with the value of eternal life? So listen close. Lots of people today are taking the wrong road. Lots of people today are trading heaven, trading eternal life with things on the easy, wide road. They could have heaven, but they're trading heaven for sex, for moments when they want to feel good. They could have heaven, but they're trading heaven for status, for moments of just looking good. They could have heaven, but they're trading heaven for stuff, for moments of just having the goods to show off. So let me ask you, are those trades worth losing heaven? Anybody going to be vocal this morning? No. Absolutely not. Those are what we would call in today's culture poor trades, poor investments, poor choices. Once again, God says, what profit is there if you gain the whole world and yet lose eternal life? What can be compared with the value of eternal life? Folks, it's a fatal flaw for you or for anybody else to choose non-lasting possessions over eternal life. To choose non-lasting possessions over getting more people to eternal life. So what will keep you on the best road? What will keep you on the right road, the narrow road towards life eternal? Choose what's best for your eyes. Don't be looking off the road of holiness and righteousness. Choose who's best for your character. Don't let them pull you away. You pull them towards Jesus. Choose what's best for your possessions. Be generous to ministry efforts. Folks, none of us can really follow Jesus without making a major shift in what we think matters most in life. Is it really what we drive? Is it really what we have in our homes? We need to make a major shift. And you and I, we can't make that major shift unless we know what matters most. And so having the tool of knowing what matters most in God's sight, in your toolbox for life. It will keep you focused, and it will help you succeed. So you've got to decide, who's going to be your boss? What's really going to last? And what's going to keep you on the right road? Paul the Apostle writes this awesome scripture in Philippians chapter 3, and let's take a look at it. He says, I once thought all these things. Let me stop right there. I once thought all these things. Being my own boss, looking good, feeling good, having the goods, watching anything I wanted, doing anything I wanted with whomever I wanted, and focusing on only myself. 
I once thought all these things were so very important. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done for me. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord. I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I may have him. God isn't asking you to throw everything you have away, but he is asking you to focus on what matters most. Amen? So that you may have him and the life that he offers. Folks, know what matters most. Focus on what matters most. Put that tool in your toolbox that you may have Christ and his reward of heaven and that many, many others, because of your example, may have the same. Let's pray together. As I pray this prayer, would you just repeat it after me in your heart or just say, yes, God. Father God, today, I, I choose to refocus my life. I choose right now to come under your authority. From now on, you will be my boss. And when I'm tempted to follow someone or something else, I will pull out this tool of knowing what matters most, and I will choose to follow you. Father, I pray that you just help us to maybe keep these notes, this outline close in our Bible somewhere, someplace where we see it often. And Lord, help us to make this major shift. We've constantly, as you know, have the world speaking into our lives about what's most important. God, help us to come back to you, back to your word, and use this tool of knowing what matters most and then focusing on those things. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.